0: My name is Josh, I'm speaking to you from PAX Studios in South Bend, Indiana, The host of We The Peace. We The Peace is a podcast sponsored by PAX, dedicated to mobilizing Christian leaders to bring Jesus-centered peacemaking and justice into our organizations. We explore how peacemaking Activism and the justice of Jesus are central to discipleship. We the church are we the peace in a hurting and violent world. In this inaugural season, I will be laying the foundation for we the peace. The first episode is about yours truly. I wanna give you some context to who I am. In the second episode, I'll explain why you should care to begin with. I don't want you to waste your time, so I'll be explicit about the need for a show like this one. In the third episode, I'll be talking about who the show is for, fourth, and the final episode of the mini-series that is season one, is gonna go over the format and flow of the show. I'm gonna let you know what to expect when you watch or listen. Then season two of We The Peace is called Jesus-Centered Politics. Let's jump in. Welcome to We The Peace. I'm your host, Josh Buck. In the last episode, I explained a little bit about myself. In this episode, I want to tell you why you should care about this podcast. Here's the deal. There are 850,000 podcasts and 30 million podcast episodes to choose from on the interwebs. And there are a bunch of them about leadership, lots of ones with white dudes like me spouting off massive amounts of information and really telling you, read this, watch this, go there, buy this. So why this one? Good question. Big picture. We have a leadership crisis, a church crisis in North America, and we have a theological crisis these three things. And I want you to think of these three things, leader, church, theology as concentric circles that overlap and impact each other. So let me start with the story. When I was 23 years old, I got married to my wife, Diane. We got pregnant uh, within the year because, you know, sometimes things happen when you're married and, you know, sometimes people get pregnant when they do things with other humans. You know, this, I don't need to teach you a lesson. You can Google it. Anyways, we decided to move to the city uh, to start a church. Now, that wasn't a decision made lightly. Actually, I had a series of reoccurring dreams, three of them, in fact, where a very important pastor in my life was telling me to do something, but I never could hear what he was telling me to do, but I knew I was supposed to do it. I decided to call him, and over the course of the conversation, it became clear. He's like, yeah, you should really pursue church planning. So I, I talked to... Um, My friend and boss at that time, John Marshall, went to the senior pastor. I was in Camarillo working at a church, and God called us to the city. And then we moved into a neighborhood called Highland Park, this beautiful, incredible community for which we had an uh, amazing run of ministry before I had some really bad health challenges that I finally was taking care of. Anyways... I'm there. I'm learning about the city before we start church planting. I'm learning about Highland Park. I'm an outsider coming in. And I notice that within Northeast LA, you have almost every major denomination. You have PCA, PCUSA, you have Foursquare, you have American Baptist, Methodist, Free Methodist, Assembly of God, and EFCA because we came to plant an EFCA church. And yet I'm learning that the church and these denominations are struggling to know how to reach the city. And I'm right there too. I, I wasn't some guru coming in. It was super difficult and I loved it. But but overall, it was hard to find pastors. It was hard to find leaders. I'm not talking to join my church, but they were around. And when you just simply crunch the numbers, you're like, man, there needs to be A hundred Antiochs are churches, not like ours, but are different, planted by different people doing different things simply to keep up with how many people we want to introduce to Jesus. And then on top of that, you see so many church facilities being sold. And in Highland Park, it was hipsters and Scientologists, literally these buildings going to people that are turning it into a space that is not for Jesus whether it's an apartment, home, a building, a business that we as Christians are dedicating spaces to be used for the proclamation of the gospel and the spread of the kingdom. So we plant this beautiful, broken, holy expression of God's kingdom called Antioch City Church. And as I'm getting to know a young generation of people interacting with local universities and having them attend the church, I'm learning that the church, capital C, in North America from all these denominations are not asking the same questions and therefore not giving answers to the questions that young people are asking. And I met droves of young, disenfranchised people, young and old, who are walking away from what we would consider organized church, organized religion. Now, it's a common sociological fact that as urban areas move and develop, eventually that will catch up with suburbs and that will eventually catch up with rural areas, regardless of the resistance in those communities. As the city goes and as the trajectory of the city goes, so goes the rest of the society. Said simply and, and uh, with no nuance. As I'm thinking about that, I'm beginning to interact with leaders across the country, and I'm learning about this crisis in leadership. Now, I want to talk about this a little bit, and I'm not saying that my experience needs to resonate with yours, but that was my learning in Los Angeles, and we are in a crisis point of leadership in the church. Let me read some statistics from Fuller Institute, Barna, Hartford Institute, U.S. Labor, and stats. 1,500 clergy leave pastoral ministry every single month. That's a lot. 90% of clergy in all denominations currently, statistically, will not stay in ministry long enough to reach the age of retirement. 50% of all pastors indicate that they would leave the ministry if they had another way of making a living. We, the peace that is a crisis of leadership. And then I want to look at the broader evangelical white culture that we look up to, that we are expected to look up to. And this is a, Male-dominant, tribally-divided, megachurch-focused, type-A-driven corporate leadership model of a pastor. Who are our heroes? Who do we read? What books are we accessing? Who do we look up to? And as the megachurch and church growth movement really captured the heart of evangelical white America decades ago, we are seeing the fruit of that. And as I talk to pastors and megachurches, they tell me we are not the future. So the question is if that wasn't the solution, then what is? And then we look at those leaders. All you have to do is type in evangelical pastor false, evangelical pastor angry, evangelical megachurch pastor, and you're going to get the same list of things. You're going to get NDA agreements, non disclosure agreements. You're going to get sexual violence. You're going to get predatory behavior. You're going to get narcissism. And the question is, what type of Christian evangelical environment is fostering these type of leaders? And and how is that being fostered in me? And how am I fighting that as Joshua Wayne Buck? We have a crisis of leadership and if you're listening to this as a leader i want to tell you i love you and maybe this hasn't been your experience but more times than not it's hard it's hard to be a pastor it's hard to be a leader and this podcast is dedicated to support you as a christian and to help us focus more on jesus as we develop our leadership models i'm going to talk more about that a little bit later second we have a church crisis So over 3,500 people a day left the church last year. So that's almost 13 million people are leaving organized Christianity in the United States. Roughly 4,000 churches close their doors annually. So that's where we see kind of like leaders and denominations are literally closing doors of facilities. But we also see parishioners are just leaving in absolute droves. So what about church planting? About 4,000 churches are planted every year with a 50% success rate, which is me being nice. 6,500 new churches need to be planted every year just to keep up with population growth, not including churches closing or people leaving the faith. And if you're wondering about, okay, well, what, aren't, aren't we ramping up with church planting? Aren't we really focusing on this? The reality is, The church planting is at an all-time low in American history. Leaders are leaving the ministry, churches are closing, and church planting is at an all-time low. Why? You should be asking the question, why? There are two narratives, okay? Narrative number one, the broader culture is changing, The ground is getting hard and we are becoming more post Christian. Therefore, Jesus is simply less attractive and people are rejecting Christianity. This is an argument of the soil getting hard and the cultural forces surrounding leaders and churches is so different and so crazy that you know what? It's just tough sledding in the 21st century in a post-Christian environment. We should expect this. Now, I actually do not buy this narrative. You look at the global church, the persecuted church, the church in China, and it is shameful to come to the conclusion that we're just being, as majority culture denominations, we're just being persecuted and the culture is just changing under our feet. I think it's absolutely ridiculous to have this persecution. We can't help it. Look what's happening to us, mindset. Narrative two, okay? And I'm speaking as a majority culture Christian. Our Christian imagination. This is language uh, borrowed from Dr. Willie Jennings. Our Christian imagination. So the way in which we view Jesus, the church, the gospel, in dominant culture communities is diseased is corrupted, not that we don't have aspects of Jesus right, not that we don't have aspects of doing church and the gospel right, but we carry within our organized self a disease. And this leads to the third crisis, a theological crisis. Theology is the way that you view or understand God, and ecclesiology which is a part of our crisis is the way we understand and view the role of church and we are hitting a theological and a ecclesiological crisis so this is a, a simple litmus test for you as a leader the church that you attend or work at the pastors that you follow do they look more like what you see in the four gospels in the early church and the ministry of jesus or are we simply taking best business practices, Western cultural values, marketing tactics, and majority culture biases and viewing Jesus through those paradigms? This is where we say, Jesus, you know, we're thankful to have you as our Savior. We love that you're saving us from our sins, rec- rescuing us from darkness, and placing our feet on solid ground. Thank you for saving us. We will take it from here. We are the evolved ones. We are the enlightened ones. We are the modernists that have an answer to every single question. We know who you are. We've figured out the mystery, and we move forward into Western enlightened practices. And that has been one of the biggest sins of our majority culture camp. Let me give you a very practical example. So when I was church planting, uh, I needed to attend a training for church planting. And I went to a local seminary in order to do this training. It was Monday through Friday, nine to five. I was there with Robert Cruz, this incredible Filipino pastor who um, is still pastoring in LA at the church, but it's just the best friend of mine. and, And we did this together. And we're sitting there. The guy who's supposed to be the guru of church planting got up and he said, if you raise $200,000, if you get a, a good worship band and pay these people well, and if you spend enough time of the week preparing a good sermon, you will be a successful church planter. Now he said that, and then he went on to explain it over the course of the next hour. And I felt sick to my stomach the entire hour. And I got up and walked out and said out loud under my breath, Josh, what are you doing here? And it reminded me of a conversation I had in a different church church planting training with a South African pastor who said, all of you who are sitting here who are about to plant a church, the lie of the Western church, of the American church that we see clearly from South Africa is that you have wrapped Jesus in business. You have wrapped Jesus in Western culture. You have wrapped Jesus in whiteness. You have wrapped Jesus in the best practices of corporate America. And this is, your, this is your sin. And I was reminded of that as I walked out saying, so all I have to do is get money, the right attractive people, and be a compelling guy who gets up and gives speeches. And that's the measure of success. And that's the measure of the power of God in our midst that was born out of this diseased imagination what if jesus wasn't just our savior but the person shaping our leadership our churches our ecclesiology jesus the savior of the church and the king of the church but also a tangible leader of the church When you think of all of the challenges in the 21st century and what we are up against as Christians trying to spread the love and message of Jesus, materialism, militarism, hedonism, consumerism, expansionism, American exceptionalism, individualism, Eurocentrism, sexism, relativism, globalism, racism, colonialism, the Western majority church is not the solution But what is the solution? Getting back to the historical Jesus, this holistic gospel and a vision of God and church that is fully informed by Jesus. What would it look like if your philosophy of ministry was based on the ministry of Jesus? What would it look like if your politics was shaped by the Sermon on the Mount? What if we actually treated Jesus like the Word made flesh? We must make progress in our understanding of Jesus in this century. If you want a renewed vision of Christian leadership, discipleship, church, and you feel and sense the crisis in our culture And in our churches and you want some ongoing resources practical ideas i'd be honored to have you join because we face a a crisis where jesus is our true solution and we the church can be we the peace in a hurting and broken world